Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Supports of same-sex marriage were very dedicated. They lost the ballot box 32 straight times before they prevailed. I don't agree with the outcome, but I do admire their persistence. I think pro-lifers should show civil persistence in the future. Cults are notoriously controlling and manipulative, and I think the woke movement really operates similarly because they seed such foundational lies, both anthropologically, what a human person is, but also spiritual lies. In our current culture in the United States of America, there seems to be an abundance of preoccupation on the state to the extent we see the other estates of family and church being neglected and in decline and deterioration. Once we surrender a objective truth outside of us in the scripture, an objective truth outside of us, I am baptized. I receive the body and blood of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in, with, and under the bread and the wine. When that goes by the wayside, then what I'm left with is my feelings. Wisconsin turkey producers love issues, etc. What is the gender debate really about? Is it about sex? Is it about gender even? Or is it even more fundamental than that? Is it about something theological? Do I get to decide what reality is? Or is reality dictated by God? A God that, well... I can certainly call upon, but if I'm the one who determines reality, then aren't I really my own God? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. live on this Friday afternoon, November the 17th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about gender ideology and idolatry with Dr. Matthew Rieger. He's author of a column for the Lutheran Witness magazine titled To Be Like God. We'll discuss a biblical anthropology and bioethics with Dr. Scott Stegemeyer, Associate Professor of Theology and Bioethics at Concordia University, Irvine, California. Then it's This Week in Pop Christianity. We'll be talking about Apostle Catherine Crick's prophetic word, she says, for the whole body of Christ, Pastor Chris Roseborough, fighting for the faith, will be our guest. Dr. Matthew Rieger is pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Hubbard, Iowa, author of the book Sexual Morality in a Christless World and a column for the Lutheran Witness titled To Be Like God. Dr. Rieger, welcome back. Thank you. Why do you call Adam and Eve's first sin the idolatry of self? Well, the issue with Eve, particularly in the Genesis account, with the, the temptation that you would be like God, seemed to be the argument that was particularly appealing to her. And as she looked at the fruit, desirable to make one wise, so she equated this knowledge of good and evil with the wisdom that was positive in her estimation. So, yeah, she wanted to be more like God. Curious, since she already bore the image of God in a way that no woman sense ever has, but it wasn't enough. So this kind of quest for being more than one is, for thinking you can... Uh, recreate what God has given you into some new form that's better. 
that's I think why I called it the idolatry of self. How is the current gender ideology only the latest manifestation of the idolatry of self? Well, one of the greatest manifestations of self, yes, because it discounts what God has given. It not just marginalizes it, but outright dismisses God's creation and assumes that one can recreate what God has given through one's own will. You know, like Eve uh, being dissatisfied with the image of God she bore and wanting something more. You know, this takes it another step. It's not just being dissatisfied with what God has given. It's actually believing you have the power to recreate and form something beyond what God has created. How does gender ideology depend on the idea of a self-created reality? Well, gender ideology flows out of a basic existentialist premise. Existentialism has been around for a long time. And the basic premise of it is that existence precedes essence, meaning that you're not necessarily brought into existence into a specific essence that's created by God that you must create your own essence. So you're brought into existence, and then you create your essence from there. So as that applies to a gender ideology, they would say that there is no essence of male and femaleness, and that what we think of as male and femaleness now is really nothing more than social constructs. That is, society has decided this is what maleness or femaleness should be. So the gender ideology, using this kind of existentialist premise, would say that we have to give our existence meaning through our will, and we each have the right to create our own essence and define our existence by ourselves. So it's an old and uh, many-faceted sort of thing. Feminists have also adopted a similar ideology with the fact that there is no real essence of femaleness to which they have to find themselves and they find meaning from this essence that they are given, uh, but the belief that they can actually redefine femaleness however they want in the moment. You say that part of living in God's creation is discovering the meaning God has put into creation and to order our lives according to it. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, Romans has this great passage about the invisible attributes of God being known through creation. So we know that God has put his invisible attributes in creation. We know that God created Adam and Eve in his image. And in that same passage, specifically mentions male and female, he created them. So there is something of the image of God in their maleness and femaleness and something of the attributes of God in creation. So God prepares creation ahead of time, before he creates Adam. The physical world, the animals, all of nature, places Adam into this so that he can express the image of God, that he can see God himself in creation and the orderliness of God, the beauty of God. There's an article written by Gregory of Nyssa, 
is fourth century guy. It's on the making of man. It's interesting. He speaks in ways different than what Lutherans are used to hearing about what the image of God is. And one of the things that, that he kind of highlights that he sees as an image of God is the aspect of ruling. And he sees Adam as being created, well, Eve too, as being created as rulers, as kings and queens, and sort of bearing the image of, of the king of kings in creation as kings and queens. So their expression of God's image is ruling over this creation as God himself as king. So expressing the image of God through their rule of creation, seeing God, learning of God through it all. What is the gender debate really about? See, I don't think it's even about genders or not necessarily even about sexuality. Of course, it it is and it includes that. But I think at the root of it all is this kind of fundamental idolatry that people honestly believe they have a right to create reality according to their will. And to challenge that is really to challenge a fundamental belief that they've built their entire worldview on. How does God deliver us from the false god of self? Well, he's been doing it since the days of Adam and Eve, the sending of his son, of course, that Jesus' purpose is to bring us back to God, to unite us to God under grace and mercy and forgiveness to save us from ourselves. As a pastor, I actually spend very little preaching time talking about the devil as our enemy as much as I talk about we are our own worst enemies because unfortunately we still have this this broken will in us that wants to be like God and determine our own sense of right and wrong and follow our own path and it does nothing but get us in trouble constantly. So Christ's atonement isn't just to forgive our sins, it's to rescue us from the false God of self and to reunite us under the the love and grace of the true God. What does God's created order of male and female teach us about God himself? Well, God has chosen to reveal himself to us as Father and concretely as Son. So there is a, a very definite male aspect of how God has chosen to reveal himself. Jeff Hemmer, in his great book, Man Up, talks about Christ as the ultimate man, the ultimate expression of maleness. We often in our culture tend to want to equate maleness with things like musculature or being an alpha male, aggressiveness, that sort of thing. But the true essence of maleness, as Christ expresses it, is self-sacrifice, sacrificial love, compassion, grace, forgiveness, you know, mercy. These are the things that really mark his maleness. And God is father. And as father, that's something uniquely different than mother. And sometimes it's hard to actually even put your finger on what is it that's different. But if you ask a child what's the difference between mom and dad, they know there's a difference. They love both mother and father, but father carries a different function in the family, a different way he expresses his love with his child. And God has chosen to tell us he is father to us and not mother. 
it's a unique relationship with him, and the only way of knowing him is as father. The only way of knowing Christ is as son and as husband to his bride. So even in terms of our own place in this relationship with God, we are called the bride of Christ. So again, a very feminine term. There's something about maleness and femaleness that God uses when he's describing his relationship with us that's meant to help us understand him better and grasp the nature of his sacrificial love for us. Dr. Matt Rieger is our guest. We're talking about gender ideology and idolatry. On the other side, we'll find out how this idolatry confuses not only gender, but our ability to understand God. Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Two millennia ago, Pilate uttered one of the most profound questions that we still ask in the modern era. What is truth? Many today would say that truth, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder, or perhaps in the heart. But that's not what truth is for the Christian people of God. Truth is found in Christ alone. To learn more about the Lutheran view of truth, pick up the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness or our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Essential exercise for the Christian mind. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Memoria Press is a worldwide leader in the publishing of classical Christian education. We have everything you need for students in kindergarten through 12th grade, and our materials can be used in any classroom setting to suit your needs. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 to save $5 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Welcome back. This is Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about gender ideology and idolatry with Dr. Matt Rieger. He's author of the book, Sexual Morality in a Christless World. This book is available in both print and digital formats. Find out more at issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives or call Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. Dr. Rieger, you say that the idolatry of self confuses gender, but it also confuses love and the ability to understand God. What do you mean? Yeah, it creates a very confused kind of love between people when 
you're no longer expressing love in terms of male and female, but creating your own concept of what gender is, which has nothing to do with male and female. So it tends towards things like homosexuality, polyamorous love. All all forms of love are all equal and somehow valid under the way the world sees things and under the confusion of gender. So it doesn't understand the nature of a self-emptying love of husband for wife because there really is no such thing as a husband or a wife. There's just two people offering consent. The whole concept of a of a self-sacrificing, self-emptying kind of love for the other or a giving of oneself, a willingness to submit to another in a, a wholesome and compassionate way. All these things are lost when you start confusing gender. And so when God himself tells us that the way he loves us is in terms of a way a husband loves his wife with Christ loves the church, in this way, uh, Ephesians 5. The world doesn't have the capacity to understand what it's even talking about anymore when it loses the very concept of husband and wife and that kind of love. Why does gender ideology demand affirmation? Because it's a world of view. It's not just about gender. It's about this is the way they understand life itself and the world around them and their relationship to it. So if one challenges their mixed up ideas of gender, separating sex from gender, you're not just challenging them on one subject. You're challenging their entire worldview that believes they can actually define truth and the world around them through their own will, that they aren't answerable to a a higher power that has defined these things and placed them into it, but that they have the right to create their own reality. So really, that's what you're challenging. So they demand affirmation because it reaffirms their entire concept of self and world. And without that, they collapse. This is what they're taught is reality. How is Christ then the antidote to the idolatry of self? Obviously, the atonement, grace, forgiveness, that forgives us from the God of self. But more than that, Christ offers a Savior greater than ourselves. He offers an essence beyond what we want to create in ourselves. He is not just in terms of kind of a legal authority, but in terms of this is how we know reality is through love, through compassion, through God being willing to empty himself in this way in order to rescue us from ourselves. We need that sense of being part of something greater than self, of having a God infinitely above us, watching over us, yet willing to lower himself into our world in order to rescue us that there's something remarkably assuring and comforting about knowing that we are not the God that has to define our own reality, but that we are being watched over by one so infinitely greater and infinitely more loving and compassionate than we are. Dr. Matthew Rieger is pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Hubbard, Iowa. He's author of the book, Sexual Morality in a Christless World, and a column for the Lutheran Witness magazine titled, To Be Like God. Dr. Rieger, thank you. 
Oh, thank you for talking to me. I appreciate it. When we come back on this Friday, November the 17th, we'll talk a biblical anthropology and its impact on bioethics with Dr. Scott Stiegelmeyer. know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes, dedicated customer service, and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House, listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. Hi, my name is Rahima Kavuga, Director of Synod Relations at Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We serve the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and your investment with LCEF makes a world of difference. Your dollars enable LCMS churches, schools, and workers to access low-cost loans for vital ministries. Join us today at lcef.org and let's empower faith, strengthen ministries, and build a stronger LCMS community together. Yes, there is a Messiah in Seattle. Messiah Lutheran Church and Concordia Lutheran School have served North Seattle for over 60 years, and we invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 8 and 1045 with Bible study at 920. Messiah Seattle is proud to support issues, etc. To learn more, watch our adult information class videos online or on DVD. Our website is messiahseattle.org, 206-524-0024. Lutheran Talk. The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us. Lutheran Music. Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Issues Etc. guest Dr. Ben Mays of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Here's what Martin Luther says about the pastoral office. My pastor is practicing the virtue that increases God's kingdom, fills heaven with saints, plunders hell, robs the devil, wards off death, represses sin, preserves peace and unity, and plants all kinds of virtue in the people. In a word, he is making a new world. He builds not a poor temporary house, but an eternal and beautiful paradise in which God himself is glad to dwell. We are calling good men to step up. Come to Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Learn more about studying for the vocation of pastor at ctsfw.edu or call 1-800-481-2155, Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana.